Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. This episode is sponsored by Modern Cowboy Performance Nutrition, the brand for cowboys and cowgirls. Get and stay cowboy fit this new year with the Cowboy Whey Protein. If you want to lose weight and gain lean muscle, the Cowboy Whey can help. The Cowboy Whey is available in delicious chocolate and creamy vanilla with 24 grams of protein, 160 calories, and only 2 grams of sugar. Get yours at www.thecowboywhey.com. And that's whey spelled W-H-E-Y, hence the protein. And be sure and register on the website to get 10% off your order. Get and stay Cowboy Fit this new year at www.thecowboywhey.com. And also, follow us on Instagram at Modern Cowboy Performance. And I'll see you back at the ranch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Beautiful sunny day here on February 11th in uh, Arizona. Hey, first, I'd, I just would like to uh, thank everyone that's been downloading the podcast literally all over the world. Really appreciate your support. Appreciate the feedback. And for everyone that has uh, given us a review on uh, iTunes and written a review and given us five-star reviews, we really appreciate your support. And we just Ask if you do listen to this podcast and, and you like it to head over there and, you know, give us a five-star review and, and write a little review on us. We'd really appreciate that. And if you like it, share it. Share it with your friends and let other people know about it. We uh, cover all sorts of different topics here uh, on The Modern Cowboy, and we really appreciate everyone's uh, support. Uh, today, I've got a, uh, a guest on. It's, it's, it's interesting how I found out about Darren Chapman, but... This podcast is based on Modern Cowboy, which today is, encompasses a lot of different things in the way that the cowboy is uh, evolving, although the cowboy still stands for you know, many things that we, we you know, know from the past. It's just grit, determination, individualism, and uh, innovation, uh, self-sufficient. So it, my wife and I were downtown Chandler uh, one weekend, and... Uh, we were out, had some breakfast, and went to the farmer's market. And being in marketing and, and people business, and uh, you know, I, I enjoy evaluating things. We're walking through the market, and you, know, you notice how different people you know, sell their products, quote-unquote sell. Uh, and we walked by this one uh, booth, and there's a young man out front, and he was right out front. He just kind of drew us in. He wasn't trying to sell us. He was just sharing. He was just sharing uh, this company that he was with. And he was extremely enthusiastic and articulate about it and you know, got to the point and, and, and just really intrigued me. So my wife and I just stood there and we talked to him. And uh, basically, it's a company, I'm going to let Darren tell us about it, but it's a company that uh, is uh, helping uh, inner city youth and many other causes with what they're doing. Uh, and so I was just so fascinated. He even told me, he said, you know, you should really talk to uh, uh, the owner, the guy that started it, Darren. He goes, he can really tell you all about it. But, and, but, but this young man was so informed and just so just excited about it. You know, I, I couldn't help but, uh, but want to contact Darren. So I reached out to Darren. Uh, he is the founder of the Tiger Mountain Foundation. 
Uh, and I'm going to let Darren explain to us what that is and what they do. But Darren, welcome to the Modern Cowboy. Appreciate it, Dan. Thank you. Yeah, so you want to just share with everybody what it is you guys do, how you got started, and, and we'll go from there. So, so what it is, Tiger Mountain Foundation is a nonprofit organization. We take vacant lots in the urban scape, in, in our urban community, and we create spaces of opportunity for folks to grow nutritious produce. And then, of course, that uh, nutritious produce will go to farmers markets, restaurants, community-supported agriculture, and to the individuals and families that grow the produce in this space of opportunity. Yeah, and what I found so, you know, intriguing and, and, and just so interesting about it was in, in the cowboy world, the ranching world, the farming world, uh, you know, something that I, I love and, and hold very you know, dear to my heart, even though I'm not really involved in it uh, as much as I'd like to be. Like I've said before, I wish I was raised on a big ranch. Uh, I wasn't, but uh, it, that that whole industry is shrinking as populations grow and as there's, uh, you know, urban sprawl. And I just found it, you know, so uh, refreshing and interesting that, you know, today in today's age, you hear a lot of people talk about, oh, you know, kids are on social media or they're playing games and this extended, you know, adolescence where guys in their thirties are playing games or whatever that may be. Here you are, you, you developed this program where you're taking uh, these, you know, young men and young women uh, and I'll let you explain that all to us too and, and getting them out there and teaching them, you know, what it takes to actually produce, you know, food, where food really comes from. And you're doing it in these urban areas. And I just, I think it's a very, uh, you know, modern cowboy modern rancher, modern farmer kind of uh, deal. So uh, explain, how did, how did you get the idea and, and, and what, what, what made you start it? Well, interestingly enough, my grandmother um, was part of a huge family, um, a family that unfortunately was sired uh, through um, the, the slave process. So she was the 25th sired offspring of a full-blood Cherokee by the name of, or they gave this full-blood Cherokee the name Henry Watson. Uh, Henry Watson went from plantation to plantation, and figuratively, he was a farmer uh, and literally planted his seed. He, he was also a breeder slave, and, and uh, as a result, that young lady knew agriculture uh, to the highest degree. And uh, during the Trail of Tears, when the family extrapolated back to Texas, she actually became a sharecropper in Texas. And then in the 1940s, moved to Los Angeles, where she, uh, actually, she started a neighborhood called Fruit Town. And in that, that Fruit Town neighborhood, her and my grandfather grew loquats, kumquats. They brought all their seeds, all of their friends with them. And so as a young guy uh, being born in the 1960s, I was born in this veritable heaven of vitamin C and nutritious produce. And uh, when we hunted, we hunted with greyhounds and, and we would go and catch rabbits. So we would have rabbit stew and 
all of the uh, most nutritious greens in the world. And, and so I, this is where it all started. This is how I learned initially in the heart of South Central Los Angeles uh, before a lot of other things uh, went in a different direction, how to eat nutritious, how to live incredibly wealthy, and, and it didn't really necessarily have to do with our socioeconomic status. It, it was just good food and, and good people and, and hearty eating. And that is amazingly interesting, number one. Now, has, has, has there been in, any, uh, ever a book written on this? Is there anything in, in history about it? I mean, even in the community? Or was it something that was just more of a, uh, you know, a family culture? Yeah, I mean, for us, it was more of a family culture. I, I've really benefited from the science of what my grandfather did well naturally. He had natural ways of keeping the pests off of plants. And um, according to um, uh, some of the theory behind, if you go to a University of Arizona uh, cooperative extension, you actually find out the science behind why that cayenne pepper worked on that particular plant or why um, maybe white vinegar works for keeping the weeds from coming up uh, in this type of thing. So uh, there was no books that um, were written at that time. Uh, I remember my grandfather even speaking Spanish to some of the different neighbors who would come by and they would trade their wares at the gate. Uh, so, so we were, uh, I, I like to tell people the original, uh, Beverly Hillbillies, uh, <laughs> because we, we just, everything that we did was just so out of the norm of a big city. And, and sometimes folks will call me country because, uh, just the way that we would, you know, uh, hang, hang our rabbit pelts on the, uh, fig tree, uh, uh on the, uh, avocado tree, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And and um, things of that sort. Oh, not, not to mention uh, ironing uh, patches onto my pants if I had a hole in them, and uh, maybe wearing my aunt's boots if my shoes got a little worn. Then you know I just put on a boot that actually would fit, and cats would and, and the kids would go, "Oh man, or, you know you, you just can't do that, man. This, this is a city. You just can't wear patches on your pants and come to school in your aunt's boots uh, because they fit." So that that's where I kind and you but you know Dan you you learn a certain type of humbleness uh by by coming up that way and um and and that was the seed that was planted uh for me to learn how to grow um in in the urban scape um in, in the modern uh urban scape uh literally nutritious produce that that was the beginning of that and um uh, as I move through life, I was able to uh, bring it to a different level. And, and that's what we have with Tiger Mountain Foundation. That's amazing. And so when did you start the foundation? The foundation uh, was started in 2005. My initial idea was to take a community. I had never heard of this word, Dan, uh, called gentrification. But, but it was my initial thought was to actually get most of the young men and women that I've worked with, some of the young kids that we would see around our neighborhood. Uh, this was the third highest murder capital block in the nation. 
Uh, so there were a lot of other things that were happening that, that were sending the community to spiral in a very negative direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it just became a natural fit to uh, be able to share some of the knowledge that I learned as a young person and to be able to um, bring that to uh, a, a different type of development process. So the development process uh, would be very inclusionary. Um, I, I, I later learned that this could be also termed as asset-based community development. So even a person with a third grade quote-unquote education uh, in a 48-year-old body uh, could be a reciprocal spoke in the wheel of the growth of this type of agribusiness and or conversion of that vacant lot into a community garden and or incubator farm. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, now, Darren, what kind of work were you doing at the time you conceived this idea? Uh, the type of work that I was doing was um, very similar. I, I was looking for uh, what I call legitimate streams of income for a neighborhood that I grew up in that had a whole bunch of illegitimate streams of income that actually fed into a billion-dollar prison pipeline. And um, I, I think, Dan, that I was in a very subtle way because I didn't have all the answers, um, but I, I was doing some work with uh, dormant host, catering, craft services, personal protection, security, uh, th- this type of thing, looking for different ways to incorporate some of the different young men and women that I grew up with into um, a, a positive stream of income and hopefully a even better quality of lifestyle. Yeah, that's that, that's uh, that's uh, amazing. So, where did you start your first uh, urban, you know, garden development at? We started our first urban garden in the backyard of a property on Thirty Second Street and Atlanta, in South Phoenix, Arizona. That that eight five zero four zero area code is unfortunately one of the highest recidivism area codes where within six months to two years, folks are coming out of the jail system or, or co- correction system and unfortunately going right back into the system. That, that would be considered recidivism, and it's one of the highest recidivism area codes. The idea, then was to bring some of the folks in the neighborhood, what, what I, at first I identified as um, separatism. So, so uh, folks moving into the neighborhood, uh, Caucasian and or others, uh, mingling in with folks in the neighborhood, Latino and or others. And, and there was always this undercurrent of them versus us. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, me being African uh, American and or a black man, uh, I, I call myself a black man, Af- African American um, uh, as well. But uh, be, being a black man, I basically um, always, it, it's always at the forefront of my mind on how I could either have people get a better understanding of myself or have me get a better understanding of other people. And then somewhere in between there, uh, maybe we could 
potentially build something together. And so our first community garden was based off of that in 2007, um, even though we had opened the doors of Tiger Mountain in 2005, uh, right there on 32nd Street in uh, Atlanta and South Phoenix. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So how many uh, gardens have you guys planted so far now? Oh, my goodness. So, so in a very short period of time, uh, we were able to bring some of the different jewels of the community, the, the hidden diamonds, uh, which were some of our landscape folks, landscape design folks, uh, also some of our folks who um, wanted to get into uh, some front yard, backyard farming. And, and this alliance of folks at Tiger Mountain Foundation uh, created uh, uh, wherewithal, uh, ability to even uh, bring in a sustainability facet, Dan, that would allow us to create, uh, literally build front yard and backyard gardens uh, all over metropolitan Phoenix. So to date, we have built, uh, consulted, and or maintained over 75 of these gardens in the metropolitan Phoenix area. For years, FSR Cattle Company has been known for their premium roping cattle, used and endorsed by multiple world champions, and NFR qualifiers. But did you know that FSR is also the home of quality rope horses for all levels, from professional team roping to the novice level? A trip to Weatherford, Texas and to the FSR headquarters will give you a variety of horses to choose from. FSR Cattle Company will arrange transport for your new horse back home and a free ride back to the airport for you. For your convenience, we accept credit cards for all horses found at FSR. We strongly believe in matching team ropers with horses they can work and win with. So when you back in the box on a horse you found at FSR Cattle Company, you know you're mounted to win. Visit us online at FSRCattleCompany.com or in the office at 817-598-1222. And let us help find your next winner. Again, that's FSRCattleCompany.com. Man, and, and are they all still up and, and running today once, once you, you know, planted them and got them going? I wish I could say yes, but, but no. It's not a huge success rate for these uh, types of projects. Uh, the reason is, is, once again, I think if you don't actually tackle how it can be super inclusionary, to someone who um, might be coming in for a totally different reason uh, than to actually uh, plant nutritious produce. So, so I, I had a guy who came in at 460 pounds um, and, and he was a DJ. Mm-hmm. So, so coming to a community garden, he's thinking, man, I, I, first off, I'm a DJ, but I could hardly even move out of my own apartment. Um, and uh, coming into this community garden, I'm just curious. It seems like these guys are really enjoying themselves. Well, that guy allowed us to bring a uh, aspect to our garden day, which actually included music. So we had a DJ playing 70s, 80s, pops, R&B, uh, because once again, we wanted to be very eclectic and inclusionary of a lot of different people who might be in that garden setting. Um, so that DJ came in and now he actually brought in some of his other family members. And that, that's what that, that, that garden um, eventually 
uh, the art garden concept of this eventually morphed into it and morphed into um, people not just wanting to come and garden, but a lot of different people wanting to come for different transformational and or lifestyle transitional reasons. Yeah. And then how do you get people involved? Do you have a, uh, a type of recruiting program or, you know, how do you get the word out to the community? And, and also too, how are you getting the, the, the property to do these on? Does the city help you out in terms of the, the property and where you're allowed to plan or is it private property? How's that work? Well, well, first off, um, the, the, the way that we get these people is, um, in, in modern cowboy speak in Arizona, uh, AZ, we, we kick AZZ. <laughs> so we, we continue to kick AZZ all day, all night long. So seven days a week, we're out there in our community. People know that if they call us for a myriad of different issues, we have developed resources, referrals, uh, other incredible human beings uh, like yourself who are willing to either get the word out there or assist in some particular type of way. So people know to bring other people to Tiger Mountain Foundation because, man, they're going to try to help you literally seven days a week. They're going to try to um, do something for you in a positive direction. So that, that's how the people actually grow at Tiger Mountain. And then, of course, schools caught on. So uh, Grand Canyon College or University of Phoenix, South Mount Community College, uh, we get an incredible group of folks from Arizona State University, uh, Mountain Point. I mean, it's just so on and so forth. But that it, it's just grown, and there's thousands of people who come into our garden setting now for the experiential and or the service learning experience. Uh, and that's how we get those folks uh, to come in. So, so, so let's get to that. So that, the, the properties are um, are coming from. Uh, different avenues. Uh, one of our properties is a Roosevelt School District property. Uh, we're very pleased with our relationship with the Roosevelt School District. Uh, they had a property that was a vacant lot and didn't have any immediate plans for that property. So we have a 20-acre incubator garden, uh, community uh, garden incubator farm on that property uh, where we have uh, community-supported agriculture, uh, and Western Cosecha, which means our harvest, uh, and our great partners from Orchard Community Learning Center, uh, uh, Girl Scouts of America, Desert Botanical Gardens. Uh, these, these are some of the different folks who come to the table, uh, unlimited potential for sure, uh, who come to the table as a result of you taking that space and converting that space in a positive way. But that, that lot is actually leased to us by Roosevelt School District for 10 years. Uh, then we have a one-year, one-dollar-a-year type lease with the uh, Tanner Community Development Corporation. They've been fantastic. Um, after uh, uh, getting uh, uh, definitely going down a wrong uh um, back alley in my life, I, I actually righted that, and I have uh, some of my own uh, residential property and, and our very first garden on that 36th uh, street in Atlanta was actually uh, planted in the backyard of one of my property acquisitions. And um, we, uh, so other people have entertained the idea of us coming to either assist them in a consultation. So I, I just left the consultation 
uh, probably, you know, no more than 30 minutes ago uh, to assist someone in putting a community garden in their backyard. And they want it to be a community garden as opposed to just a family garden mm-hmm. on, on two acres of land. That's great. That's, that's really great. So now moving forward with, you know, with everything you've done so far, what's your vision for the, for the future? What, what are you looking at and, and what do you see as one of your, you know, your probably biggest challenges moving forward? So, so I think my, my, my vision is my biggest challenge. Um, and, and I say my vision, I mean, we have a board of directors who needs to buy into uh, not only the uh, mission of the organization, but the grand vision of the organization. And so our vision is our biggest challenge. Our, 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 our vision of this organization in three years would be to have all of this nutritious produce uh, being grown uh, with, with Tiger Mountain Foundation, in essence, being a food hub where this produce will go back out to the local economy, uh, back out to others uh, uh, on a uh, metro, if not even national, if not even global level. Mm-hmm. Uh, really nutritious produce being generated by a community that uh, typically is not always engaged in the full spectrum of this conversation. So, so my biggest challenge is somehow bringing social equity to a guy like myself who doesn't really have the, the degrees of uh, academia that, that some others might have. Uh, and then I'm working with a community that typically um, doesn't engage themselves beyond uh, stuff that happens in that very same community, which, oh, by the way, has fed into that billion-dollar prison pipeline, uh, as I mentioned earlier. So, so that is the biggest challenge, is keeping the community that we initially tried to affect very viable in this conversation as we grow this organization into a true triple double bottom line uh, machine. We do want it to be about stronger, more incredible, solid business in our community. So everyone has to understand their role and make sure that um, they're, they're once again being super inclusionary of one another because you don't want to build it on the back of the community that typically was disconnected in the first place and then go into a fantastic direction because now you just figured out a way to gentrify that same community again. And, and so maybe I'm okay, but the same folks that I tried to bring in initially in this conversation, some of the folks that I grew up with uh, that, that trust in me uh, are, are now once again put on the back burner because I couldn't quite figure out how to keep them involved. So. That's my biggest challenge, uh, to, to bring this to that next level, uh, beautiful aspect of solid, viable, sustainable business, and to keep folks from the community understanding that this has absolutely contributed to a better quality of lifestyle uh, for you and the community that you live in. Absolutely. You know, and, and part of my goal with uh, Modern Cowboy Podcast, too, is you know, to expand the, the fan base or just the understanding for people that maybe weren't raised on ranches, aren't in rodeo, don't own a horse, maybe never will own a horse, but 
but they love it. You know, the, the cowboy is an, is an iconic figure, not only in America, but all around the world. And, and sometimes, you know, to get into, just like you say, any other, you know, pockets and communities or cultures or whatever, uh, we all have this tendency to say, well, you know, we're going to stay separate and stay over here. But, you know, the, the cowboy world, rodeo world has forces coming against it where some people don't like people riding animals even, you know. So my, my, wow. point, my point there is, you know, that, you know, just to include more people and, and grow uh, a fan base and understanding of all people, which I think is great, which is what you're, you're doing as well. Because the more that we understand each other, the easier it is to get along. And I think there's so much uh, stuff in the media. And I mean, I'm, you know, everybody is aware of that, that just uh, continues to try to divide us. And I think that, you know, it's our job to, to combat that in any way we can. And I think what you're doing is, is just, is amazing, man. And, and, and I take my hat off to you. I, I, it's very commendable. Hey, I, I caught that. Yeah, let's make make America garden again. There you go. That's right. <laughs> and, 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 by, and by the way, you have mentioned those horses. This is, Dan, and I appreciate your time today. This is a Trojan horse concept. Yeah. The difference is, is as we plant the seeds of change with our incubator farms and community gardens, what actually comes out in the middle of that night is not seeking destruction on that community. What comes out is folks who are interested in weapons of mass construction, yeah, not yeah. destruction. Yeah. And, and so this is a different type of Trojan horse, but yet and still, we have to plant the seeds of change some way. And I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to uh, uh, speak a little bit about uh, uh, that vision. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, it's it's there's an organization called Future Farmers of America, and you know what you're doing is uh, exactly that. You know, and as our communities, you know, grow and and we get more urban sprawl and there's less land, we're going to need to do more of this. You know, and I know there's a lot of things they grow in hydroponics and indoors and that kind of stuff, but you know, utilizing the sunlight and utilizing you know lands that we live on, even small places, uh, you can produce food. Uh, and people can understand where food comes from. And, uh, and, and it's just, you know, you're going to eat so much healthier as well. As, as, we, as we, we well know, you know, our, a lot of our foods that are processed and, and things are just, they're not, they're not good for us. And uh, so I think, I think it's just the way of the future. Hmm. I agree. Yeah. So cool. So, you know, you know, so being raised how you were raised and, you know, and this show is called the modern cowboy. I always ask people, Hey, uh, what, what's your favorite brand of cowboy hat? Darren, I don't even know if you wear a cowboy hat. So, but do you have a favorite brand of hat or do you wear baseball caps or, you know, what, 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 what are your interests? So, so, so the politically incorrect answer, Dan, and if this is going to go over your head, it is called the brim. And, and that's because I grew up in a blood neighborhood, but, but that's just so um, confrontational and uh, it, it politically incorrect answer. So I won't say the politically incorrect answer. I will say a Stetson. There you go. <laughs> there you go. The icon of, of, of the cowboy hat. And, and how Absolutely. About, yeah. How, how about, how about cowboy boots? You, you wear any cowboy boots at all or? You know, I, I, I wear um, a, a different a newfangled modern steel toe boot, and uh, it's a uh, it, it's it's actually a very cost efficient 
uh, made by a company called High Tech. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a boot nonetheless, but it's a modern, breathable boot uh, as opposed to the cowboy boot. Um, although I've always liked cowboy boots, uh, depending on the shape of your foot, uh, cowboy boot can be an interesting ride, uh, and it kind of squishes my toes up in the front. But, uh, but, but yeah, I, I do like them though. They they always look so much better and so much more comfortable as well on other people for sure. Well, the 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 thing is, is I'll have to I'll have to shoot you over some uh, email you over some pics and stuff of of a lot of the new footwear. That's that's one thing in in the cowboy culture. There's a, a, a there's a huge uh, fashion you know culture in the cowboy world and the most popular boots now are a real wide square toed cowboy boot i don't know if you're aware of that but uh and huh. and they're very comfortable they a lot of them have insoles that are much like uh tennis shoes uh lower heels uh, much more comfortable for walking so I'll, I'll shoot you over some of that and, and you can check it out because in the styles just go on and on forever which is is something that is very cool because I'm, I'm totally into 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 the fashion end of it as well i i, I love that aspect um, what, what, what better way to kick AZZ, man, than in some fresh, beautiful boots? Thank yep. you, man. Send that information over to me. You bet. And then uh, how about movies? I mean, do you like Westerns at all, or do you have a favorite Western? Or You know, I, so I, I, I yes, I, I do like movies. Um, I uh, One of my favorite cowboys, uh, a couple of them, actually, so so – I'm uh, big into comedy, so so Blazing Saddles to oh. me was uh, pretty pretty hilarious back in the day with Cleavon Little and those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then and then uh, you know because of how I grew up and what I've seen in my life, uh, I was very partial to uh, Django and Django Unchained, or, or as Samuel Jackson called them, uh, the Django. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting too. The very first podcast I did with a good friend of mine, uh, Mitch Siegel, uh, his, his favorite, uh, Western movie was, um, oh gosh, you, your favorite with the first one you said, I can't believe I'm, I'm drawing a blank again. Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Blazing Saddles. Yeah. So it's, so you and, and Mitch, you're the, you're the, you guys are, are the first two so far that Blazing Saddles, but that movie's absolutely hilarious. I actually had the the opportunity to meet uh, Slim Pickens, who was one of the actors in that movie. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, Interesting. That movie was ahead of its time. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, those, those types of uh, parodies on uh, the Western. <laughs> you got to imagine though, a, a lot of those scenes. Uh, you know, had to, I think the cowboys, uh, just like any other human being, have to have a pretty good sense of humor and, and, and you know, have to humor uh, exactly what they went through. And I, I'm sure a lot of that stuff probably kind of even happened the way that uh, it, it showed. Uh, but, yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was pretty hilarious. Too. That was a different – normally the cowboys, the guy that kind of rides in and, you know, he, he gets the, you know, he saves the day, but he's got to fight those dastardly bad engine folks in the yeah. hills and, you know, <laughs> that type of guy. But, but you know, quite frankly, um, the, the, the modern cowboy uh, for, for me is, is just what you talked about earlier, Dan. It, it could be all of our faces. I mean, there, there's Native American cowboys. There are Asian cowboys. There are all different types of folks who do the same type of work, which is cultivate the land, live off the land, 
and uh, and and literally uh, live by by the stars and. Uh, and, and some of us not so much even by the stars. We, we've actually got into real estate like myself. So I kind of look at the stars through a telescope these days. But um, there, there's nothing better for me to uh, be able to go and work outside like I do every day. Uh, we're working with the general contractor right now, and he's putting in all edible landscaping in his front yard. And he's such a modern cowboy, just an interesting guy. Uh, but but he wants that as part of his whole uh, um, business concept. So um, so yeah yeah big big ups to uh, Mac Mac Construction and folks like that who are out there doing great work uh, in the urban scape and, and the modern cowboy world. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. Well, Hey, Darren, we're near the end of our time here, man. I just, I, I just want to thank you for taking the time and coming on and sharing with us. Uh, I think, like I said, what you're doing is just so commendable and, uh, you know, I, I just see, I see great things for you and, and, um, I can see that it, it really catching on and, and, uh, I, it's something that we need. So, um, hats off to you, man. Hey, thank you very much, Dan, man. It's been a pleasure, man. We surely appreciate you. Thanks for having us today. You bet. We'll talk soon. Hey, I want to thank all of our listeners and sponsors of the show. Without you, the show would not be possible. We so appreciate the reviews and ratings, which increases awareness in our effort to grow the fan base of the cowboy, rodeo, and Western lifestyle culture. If you are new to the show or have been a listener for a while and have just not had the opportunity to rate and review the podcast, it's really simple. Just trot your pony over to the iTunes Apple Podcast, click on the show, scroll down to rate and review, and give us a five-spur rating. The podcast is available on Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, as well as many other platforms where you listen to podcasts. Just type Modern Cowboy Podcast into the search bar to subscribe, listen, rate, and review. And if you are interested in being a sponsor of the show to showcase your business, DM us on Instagram at Modern Cowboy Podcast or message us on our website, www.moderncowboypodcast.com But I give her hell He never can tell Someday I just might be We'll turn a few steers And we'll tell a few lies Kick back in the saddle And philosophize Most of life's problems yeah, we're gonna solve down at the roping pen. Yeah, we don't do it for the money. You were always broke. Just ask Clint what he paid a rope. Now he's lost a dozen wives. Half the fingers on his hands to the rope and pin. And it takes a little skill and a little luck. If you can talk smack, you can back it up. Oh, but we're all friends, no matter who wins, down at the rope and pin. Someday I just might be We'll turn another pair of steers 
tell a few more lies Drink another beer and hypothesize Most of life's problems, by God we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen We'll see y'all again Next weekend, down at the roping pen Down at the roping pen